1999 The Podcast is a production of the Cage Club Podcast Network. For more podcasts on movies, comics, and all things pop culture, head to cageclub.me. To contact us with questions, comments, or just to say hi, send us an email at 1999 at cageclub.me. You can find me on Twitter at ProbablyRealJB and Joey at SoulPopped. And you can follow the show on Twitter at 1999thepodcast. To support the show, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. The show is written, produced, and edited by us. Hello and welcome to 1999 The Podcast. I'm John Brooks. <laughs> You're not. But what if I am? Oh, um, then uh, I don't know. I got you uh, there. Yep, sure did. Wow. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm John Brooks. And we are talking about a movie that might be objectively the worst movie we cover for the podcast, but honestly... More fun than a few movies we've covered on this podcast so far. I'm very excited that we're finally uh, covering the the big summer blockbuster tentpole movie that everybody thinks of when they think. I'm sure our listeners, you know, are excited about this too. It's a relief. Well, this actually, to, to be the fair, the big 1999 movie that we all we all love and remember. This effectively ushered in autumn. 1999 because it opened in September, so it's the big summer fall autumnal blockbuster that. Well, yeah, I, you don't want to you don't want to overwhelm all the other movies of the summer no. with this because that I mean, right that that would be irresponsible. I mean, you know, Star Wars and The Matrix wouldn't have had a chance. Uh, no, against this juggernaut behemoth of a movie. So. Do we have any news show business to get through, or should I dive into the great? wonderful backstory of simon no Says. not not really there's a, there's a cruel summer update uh there has been a sighting of all-star by smash mouth uh in cruel summer hallmark of the show uh-huh and i something interesting happened and in, i think one or two episodes ago where one of the characters oh so there's been some matrix references now too they've, they've talked about red pilling and blue pilling and that and that sort of thing um but one of the characters says the first rule of thing is you don't talk about thing. I don't remember what the thing was, but like, obviously that's a fight club reference. And I was like, mm -hmm. wait a cotton picking minute. Fight club didn't come out until the end of the year in 1999. And was that in the then, trailer? Was it, was there any chance that was in the trailer? And I remembered it was in the trailer, the trailer <laughs> prominently, which was, I think because the movie was supposed to initially going to come out in the, like, fall or like late summer and then we got pushed back if i remember that right but the trailer very prominently featured uh before a bunch of the big movies of the summer and it very prominently featured the scene where uh brad pitt says if this is your first night at fight club you have to fight you have to fight and, yeah and the first rule of fight club is you don't talk about fight club. you want you want me to uh unveil a how to win the lottery exclusive right here on this podcast absolutely so are you familiar with the work of Sufjan Stevens? Uh, I am familiar not just with the work of Sufjan Stevens, but I also used to serve him coffee. So you know how he was like, I'm going to write an album for every state. And then he wrote two and was just like, I'm done with this. And then he was like, I'm going to write an album about the BQE. We're doing, in between <laughs> longer seasons, modules that we're calling Suck Shit, Sufjan Stevens. Okay. And my co-host over there, 
Bob, who will be on this podcast mm-hmm. before this season is out, uh, mm-hmm. crafted modules around every state. He picked books from every state. Uh, three okay. to some states have like 10. Uh, we did Louisiana. Those episodes are out. We did three books for there. The next season, which will start in September. So still a little ways yep. out. So this is this is an actual true exclusive because it's not going to be over there for a while. We're doing the state of Delaware. And wow. do you know what book slash movie takes place in Delaware? The Here's a hint. Adventures you were of just Joseph talking Robinette about Biden. Uh, Fight Club. Fight Club uh, takes place in there. Yes. Right. In the movie, too? I forget. I, I it's you know it's on Paper Street right. There's a Paper Street in every in every state I, I would imagine. Yeah, uh, but yeah, we're doing the we're doing the book Fight Club by Chuck Palahniuk in that module, which I'm very excited about because we obviously we talked about the movie on here. I referenced mm-hmm. our episode of of that of this show about that movie on our little intro episode that we recorded already that we're going to put out, you know, to announce the new books. But if you want to see her talk about Fight Club the book, go check out 1999 or book. not. No, not not nineteen. You're already listening to that. No, Listen, go did. check out How to Win the Lottery in September, October. Mm-hmm. Cool. Super exciting. Well, that's a great segue. Um, Is it? Yeah, that's well. I mean, from what I was talking about. <laughs> oh yeah, well that's why I brought it up. So I'm like, this is a natural. <laughs> I don't know how evolution. we're going to get to the movie somehow, but uh, I guess we'll just have to rip that bandaid off. Huh. Well, all right, all right, let's do it. Today's film is one I'd never heard of before we started the podcast and one I picked solely because of its stars, Dennis Rodman and Dane Cook. Fresh off winning three NBA finals in a row, and perhaps more importantly, a year after co-starring with Jean-Claude Van Damme in Double Team, Dennis Rodman was perhaps a breakout action star or at least a box office draw. Aside from being one of the league's all-time great defenders and rebounders, Dennis Rodman's celebrity, antics, and general appearance made him instantly recognizable. Couple that with the 1998 NBA work stoppage, which ran from July 1st of 98 to January 20th of this very year, 1999, and cut the season from 82 games to 50, and Rodman was perhaps a hot property for Sony, who signed him to start an upcoming, as-of-yet, untitled action film. In the same Variety article that announced this deal, it was also announced that Rodman signed up for a tag team wrestling match with Hulk Hogan against Diamond Dallas Page and Carl Malone, whose Utah Jazz the Bulls had just defeated in the NBA Finals. The league was not happy with two of its superstars doing something this dumb and high profile, but the work stoppage freezed all contracts, allowing Rodman and Malone to do whatever the hell they wanted. Anyway... Hong Kong film director Ringo Lam, known for films like Full Alert and City on Fire, two films I have not heard of before either, was on board to co-direct along with Kevin Elders, who would be making his directorial debut. We'll get into that duo in a bit. But before we go any further, John, what is Simon Says about? I, uh, I don't know. OK, so I do kind of know. Well, so Dennis... I, will, I will say that the IMDb and Letterboxd and Wikipedia plot summaries are all yeah. like eight words long. Like no mm-hmm. one has summarized mm-hmm. this movie online. Okay, here's here's what I got. Okay. Dennis Rodman mm-hmm. plays Simon, uh-huh. an Interpol agent for some reason, mm-hmm. who we're not really sure how he got his job or what his real background is, but he works with these two guys who I guess are his like guys in the van, but they're just also, they're also guys who dress up as monks and they use these little robot flies to spy on things. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, uh, some person 
uh, some person's daughter is kidnapped by a guy who is going to use her as leverage to an arms dealer who wants a CD that has secret codes that that run a weapon. Anyway, Dane Cook shows up and he's the guy who has to get the girl back from the other guy who's who uh and then there's fights <laughs> oh there's some so there's also there's a like swedish secret assassin who has a former relationship with simon and they're on again off again and sometimes they're fighting each other and sometimes they're having really weird techno sex and then Simon wins and the girl is saved and then she gets married because uh, you got to show that in the movie. Otherwise, it's not a full movie. And uh, the super villain Bond slash Austin Powers villain guy dies. And uh, then Dane Cook becomes the next Simon. And now they're both Simon. They both are Simon saying things and that's it it's basically just triple x before triple x was triple x um there's very few differences between those two movies uh but yeah i think all you need to know is that like i i really tried to because i understood the movie as i was watching it like i like i I followed what was happening but then i was like it's very straightforward but it's also what is this about seeing the scene makes no much seeing the scene makes no sense inside a scene Totally understandable. Seen the scene? Don't know. Some rich guy's daughter gets kidnapped and Simon has to get her back. So Simon says, opened on September 24th in 29th place at the box office, earning just $185,472 across its 504 theaters. Mm. New release Double Jeopardy won that weekend in its second and final week in theaters. It dropped 74% as it was just in 121 theaters. However, in a win, maybe the film's only win, its per theater average actually went up from $368 to $398. Blue Streak won the second weekend. Basically, no one likes this movie. It's got a 0% <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes and an average review rating of 1.85 out of 10. Its critical consensus is, quote, Simon says, the title, no matter how starved you are for something to watch, there is there has to be a better option than this dreadfully misguided action thriller. Lawrence Van Gelder of the New York Times wrote that, quote, its plot seems as if it had been fished out of the wastebaskets of writers who had written scores of better examples of the genre dating at least as far back as Dr. No in 1962, though he did call Robin, quote, inescapably watchable. Entertainment Weekly gave it a D minus, calling it, quote, a shoddy mess and, quote, a bargain basement ripoff of Ronin. They were not as kind to Rome, uh, to Rodman, saying he was, quote, yesterday's threatening omnisexual exhibitionist turned today's overexposed cliche. I could go on, but you get the picture. No one liked this movie. No one thought it was any good. Part of the issue, I think, may have stemmed from the fact that one of the film's co-directors, Ringo Lamb, you know, the guy who had done work on actual films before, dropped out and wound up only producing the film. Kevin Elders Mm. stepped in after a career largely in screenwriting. His Wikipedia claims that this guy has sold 23 of his 26 original screenplays, which I can't imagine is true. And he seems best known for the Iron Eagle trilogy, a movie I did not know had sequels and which I only knew was basically (laughs) Top Gun, except not popular. Aside from Dennis Rodman and Dane Cook, the other prominent actors in this movie include comedian and impressionist John Pinette and the late Ricky Harris as a pair of cyber monks who you referenced, as well as Swedish fashion model and actress Emma Wicklund, 
who's likely best known on screen for either being in all four Luc Besson penned taxi movies or the music video for George Michael's song Too Funky. Mm-hmm. A few other things of note that I found, which basically sums up most of the writing on the internet about the background of this movie. Number one, Dane Cook replaced Robert Downey Jr. because Downey dropped out just a few days before they had to start filming the movie. Number two, contrary to popular rumor, and the word popular is doing a lot of work here, this is not a sequel to Double Team. The only common element is Dennis Rodman, even though his characters have wildly different names. And number three, it is scored by Brian Tyler, who has also scored seven installments of the Fast and Furious franchise, among ah, many other films. Thought I recognized the vibe of the music. I mean, you referenced Triple X. You're you're right in that wheelhouse. But John, that's mm-hmm. basically everything I could find on the internet about this movie. Everything <laughs> that anybody has ever talked about this movie. So, who is joining us to talk about this fine, fine film? Uh, joining us today is director and writer matt stewarts whose films include rewind and tonight she comes and is a guy who once met dennis rodman which may or may not be and i may or may not be mean is why he is here to talk about this movie tonight and he's a movie guy so yeah and he's got a new movie coming out and we'll talk about that too but we'll be right back And welcome back to 1999, the podcast with us, as you said before, John, a friend I made at a film festival. I remember, I'm trying to think of like what movies did we, we watched Revenge next to each other, right? That was the one that's like the, the memory I have. We right? did. Yeah, we watched Revenge and then it like uh, stopped halfway through, right? Someone passed <laughs> like out they, in another theater, I think. Yeah, they had some kind of issue going on and then we were both just kind of like, this movie's like really fucking awesome, right? <laughs> yeah, we're, it was one of those are just like, is this as good as we think? We're like, yeah, it really is. Yeah. yeah. John, have you seen Revenge, the French no. rape revenge film? No. I have it not. rules. I made Tobin and Island watch it for the contenders. Um, okay. I don't know if that Island has forgiven me yet. Uh, okay. That's not exactly her genre of film, but mm-hmm. it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, very good, well made, and. Uh, Good performance, good director, all that fun stuff. Yeah. But anyway, we're here to talk oh, about of, of of films involving French actors. Where would it fall on the Simon Says? Ooh, well, they're they're both film with a capital F. Um, okay, yeah, they. I think they're born from the same cloth. I, only one of them has someone impersonating God. That is true. Okay, so that doesn't happen in Revenge. It's a little bit of a spoiler, but that's fine. It's I, true. I'll take that. Yeah, because it does happen in every other movie that's ever been made. So, um, <laughs> I guess so. Luke Passan has a god thing, right? Because we did the we did um, the, the messenger, yeah. which she's True. literally hearing God, right? And Luke Passan, French, wrote Taxi, yep. those Taxi movies that the Swedish model was in. Are we yeah. playing Six Degrees of God? Is that Six Degrees of French <laughs> Cinema? French this is god French new cinema. new wave. Matt, god have you ever Voice of God involved French cinema? The game. Yeah. Matt, have you ever heard of this movie before, like a week ago, whenever I, I asked you to be on this episode? No. I I somehow never heard of Simon Says, and uh, I hadn't seen absolutely nothing from it until last night. What is your history with both Dennis Rodman and Dane Cook? 
I, and that, uh, that's a kind of a leading question because we know we know that there's part of history yeah. with one of those people. But I am I'm curious, and I also want to know uh, John's history with both of these uh, these men. Uh, Dan Cook never been really the biggest fan. Uh, you know, sort of knew of him a little bit, but that's about it. I honestly don't even know if I ever have seen a Dane Cook movie before this. Uh, and I don't know that I necessarily would want to after this, but um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, Rodman, however, I have met in the flesh. Uh, he was amazing. Um, I know uh, podcast listeners cannot see this, but I now have a pair of sunglasses <laughs> that were given to me by Dennis Rodman on right now. And I also have another pair right here. He gave you two uh, pairs of sunglasses. Okay. He okay. did. Well, he technically gave me one that I was supposed to give to someone else, but I was like, no, nah, I'm keeping those. <laughs> you look like uh, yeah. 9% more like Dennis Rodman all of a sudden. Like, there's something about those yeah, glasses yeah. where it just is just immediately, immediately sort of sort of transforms they, you. It, they're I'm unfortunately like, oh, very, uh, they're very uncomfortable to wear. They're very front heavy. So I do love them mm-hmm. and I'll keep them forever, but pretty much rarely wear them. But yeah, I was like mm-hmm. filming him for some random thing and I like show up weirdly at just some random bar i think in long beach and like i go up to the host and i'm like i'm here to meet dennis rodman and they're like oh yeah a lot of people come in here saying that uh he's probably not going to show up <laughs> and i'm like oh okay uh i guess i'll wait and see and then like five minutes later he actually did show up filmed them wow. and then he just was like really pretty awesome he like pulled me into the video at one point and I was like, Oh, this is cool. Cause now I got a video of myself with Dennis Rodman. But, uh, yeah, I, I really only had good things to say about him. He was pretty fucking funny. You are now our second guest who has met Dennis Rodman. Cause Kim Jong Un did talk about fight club with us. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. right. I forgot that was Kim, Kim Jong Un. Yeah. It's weird, but yeah. we got him. That so, is wild. You know. Just got to ask. It's a, it's a small world. <laughs> no, but yeah. John, John, what's your, I mean, cause you had not heard of Simon says before. Cause I hadn't heard of Simon says before I found it on letterbox, but had you heard of this movie before? Like, you know, two months ago, whenever we lined up the season. Uh, no. Well, so first of all, I also want to apologize to Amanda for calling her Kim Jong-un. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't calling know, Amanda. I was just, I just picked a movie. That I, know, I, know, I, know, I, I know, I know, I know. I just, and I was like, who was our guest? And I was like, oh shit, it was Amanda. <laughs> Um, Amanda is, is, is not a, uh, I don't think Amanda's listened to the Simon Says episode, although she is. Hello, Amanda. Uh, yeah. Hi, Amanda. So let's see. I had not, I'm actually genuinely shocked to learn that Entertainment Weekly reviewed it. Like that is... Oh wow, that's that's kind of a mind blowing. I they mean, gave they it gave a D it D minus. minus. Yet. I will also say, John, you know, you know, normally in your intros, you like you say this was like the 99th, the 96th, or the 10th highest yeah. grossing, whatever. Right. It's not even on the yep. list. Not only on the making hundred eighty five thousand dollars or whatever it made, like it didn't mm-hmm. qualify for whatever the box office mojo threshold is for like highest grossing mm-hmm. movies of this year. Not on the list. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I had never heard of it. I, I certainly have heard of and seen Double Team. Um, so I guess I'm a kind of surprised. I mean, obviously, there was a lot going on this year. So that this didn't make anybody's radar is not entirely surprising. Uh, but no, when you discovered it and said, this is going to be on my list of choices. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. Uh, um I we I obviously we all knew it was not going to be a good movie, but uh, certainly I was very excited to see what it was and to talk about what it is because there's some interesting things to talk about um, in this movie. I will say, like, so I 
uh, Rodman is someone who, you know, like of my age, I sort of saw emerge and then be a basketball star and then like be the whole Carmen Electra thing. And then this like attempted transition to movie star. And he's been a really interesting figure. We'll talk about this more, I think um, later on, but he's been a really interesting figure sort of in pop culture, I think throughout my, throughout my life. So, um, and I've always sort of had a lot of um, sort of misgivings about like, like he's problematic, but also like kind of amazing. And (laughs) at the same time, um, and and it's it's interesting the way he sort of has straddled that line. Um, Dane Cook, however, is mm-hmm. someone who I fucking despise, who I have always fucking despised. I don't think he's funny. I didn't know I could hate him more than I did before I watched this movie earlier today. Um, but I hate him more than I used to, and that was an awful lot. Uh, I, I, I actually, so interestingly enough today, as we are recording is the 15th anniversary of my first date with Courtney. And as we were, as I was like doing online dating at the time, one of my like deal breakers was any girl who said anything about Dane Cook in their profile. I'm like, nope, not doing that. Fuck that guy. (laughs) Like, the, the the whole Dane Cook girl in like the mid two thousands was a big fucking vibe. Well, good news for for him is that his his now wife was born around yep. that time. Yep. So sure was. No, she she was not even born uh, to see his his performance in Simon Says. Yeah, uh, fuck that guy. I hate him. And uh, that's that's my initial my initial thoughts. I have apparently Simon seen, according to Letterboxd, nine Dane Cook films, and I would say that two more. <laughs> I probably quote unquote should have seen or could have seen. There's another one that we're going to watch probably before too long on this very podcast where he plays the waffler in mystery men. So, okay. Yes, he does. And it it is five seconds that he's in that, that movie. And he's actually quite funny in his five seconds in that movie. I liked him in Dan in real life. That's the best thing I'll ever say about. That's the one that I've not seen that I should have, but I saw him in waiting. Um, I saw him in torque. I saw him in Mr. Brooks, which is a bad movie. I saw him in Detention, but I don't remember him in Detention. Um, Employee of the Month. This movie, Mystery Men. I think that's nine. Um, I will say that being 12 and then like 14 when Retaliation and and, or before that Harmful Swallowed and Retaliation came out, I was like, this dude is the fucking funniest person on the planet. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> Joey, like, no. And okay. then, like, six months later, I listened again, and I'm just like, oh, none of this works anymore. Like, there was, like, such a window where I'm just like, oh, no, he's not funny. And it wasn't, yes. like, peer pressure, Number but, like, 12. there was a time, I mean, you know, we all lived through it, that, like, you could not escape Dane Cook. I will say, I think his performance if we want to call it that in this movie is maybe the worst thing ever captured on a film like he is so it is i will say though not to this movie's credit but to this podcast's purview <laughs> unlike last episode of midsummer night dream where i'm like this could be made in a year this could only have been made in this time like mm-hmm. in 1998 1999 yeah, he came yeah, i feel like you you know that that's like from the opening credits. This is the definition of a 1999 movie. Oh my god! Yeah, the the Euro trash techno music and like the oh like yeah weird choice of the credits that's done on like a Adobe. It, like, it goes on for like five minutes of just the same thing over and over. Did you guys also see time. that uh, 
it, that the Dane Cook role is supposed to be Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Joey, met, I did not know that until the intro. Joey dug that up on in the internet and talked about it in the intro. Um, what the fuck? I mean, I know so Robert Downey Jr. was like going through it around this time. But... Oh, yeah. He dropped out like a day before they started shooting or something. And it's like that day he read the script, I imagine. And it was like, no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> well, like what's what's wild to me about this movie is that every single actor basically is someone who seems like they've never not only acted before, but never seen a movie before. Like they're all basically either non-English speakers or non-actors thrust into somehow a starring role in a movie released to theaters. Um, Yeah. And I, I think, and I, I don't, I think this is largely because Dennis Rodman, and I put this on my letterbox really. I think largely because Dean Cook is so bad, but I think Dennis Rodman comes off like looking pretty good in this movie. He's, he's, because, he's one like, of the best actors in the movie for sure. Yeah, he, it definitely felt like they cast everyone else to make Dennis Rodman look like the the best actor in the movie. I don't. I think that's even that's generous. Maybe. I think that even that's, that is giving it too, giving much, too much thought. But I but I, I don't think it had. I think the funniest thing, and it's not like an actual funny thing, it's more of a, like a why are you doing this kind of funny thing, is this is a movie, like just like sort of Double Team that came out you know, two years before or whatever. They're like, let's try to make this guy an action star. Mm-hmm. And so people are ostensibly yeah. going to this movie to see Dennis Rodman, and they wait so long to reveal that it's him on the bike. It's like, of course it's him on the bike. Why are we not mm-hmm. seeing his face oh, from yeah. the jump? Why are we masking his tattoos and piercings and neon yellow hair? Like, why are we hiding him? It's like 15 like, minutes yeah. until you see his face. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, no kidding. We've seen everybody else. We know that it's going to be him. But it's just like, movie, what Like, what are you, what are you trying to do here? Mm-hmm. And that was the um, first of many times I asked that question to myself. Yeah. I I have so I think it says something when Natalia Sigliuti is your your best actor. Is that the movie. girl from uh Say Why the Bell New Class? That's yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Okay. Who like is pretty good in this and like seems yeah, to Yeah, I actually consistent. thought she was kinda she was kinda great. <laughs> yeah. Like she understood the movie and what her role was and was consistent and like I thought she was good. Um, and, you know, she's surrounded by people who aren't. I will say, because I want to get this, like, out of the way uh, on the Dane Cook thing. The thing about the Dane Cook performance is that the Dane Cook performance makes this, which is a a bad movie because nobody has any idea what the fuck they're doing, but would otherwise be, like, enjoyable. Yeah. Right? But Dane Cook makes it not enjoyable. Yeah. Because Dane Cook doesn't just play like the annoying guy his annoying guy is fucking insufferable like Mm -hmm. it's not it's not just the like doofy like you know trying to hang out with the suave interpol you know we've seen that a million times in these kinds of movies and like that's fine you can imagine robert downey jr doing that and being sort of like troublemaking annoying whatever but he also then tries to add his like incredibly funny, you know, like discount Jim Carrey bullshit. And it's and like every scene when, so when he goes every... into the uh, like the Raptor scene. or like the like a T-Rex <laughs> scene. Oh, my God. He keeps doing Jesus. that. It's like a his full minute. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? And I, I will also say the, the most horrifying thing is at the end, John, as you mentioned in the intro, when he becomes Simon, he takes off the helmet and he looks like <laughs> the, like Dennis Rodman with the, the tattoos and the piercings. I was like, oh, yeah, 
Oh no, I never need that. second, I'm like, is he in blackface? I think he's in blackface. And then I was like, oh god, he's not. All right, thank god. I know there's like No, he's in Rodface. He's in Rodman face. Like he's he's just it's oh boy. Like this is I think I think you nailed it, John. Like I think this is a movie that like you would watch and be like, all right, like I don't remember there's like, you know, there's a couple cool action scenes or whatever. Not like memorable things, but like that was fine. That's a nice way to like it's on TV on a Saturday afternoon, you're hungover, you're just you're the, the the remote is too far away. You watch it, you don't think anything of it. But Dane Cook single-handedly pulls this down from being something that, like, I'd be like, yeah, you can put it on, it's fine, to never get near this movie. Like, even John mm-hmm. Panette, who I don't really know or, like, really think is doing a good job in here, comes off smelling like a rose <laughs> as he's, like, doing a Buddha impression because he's just like, I'm yeah. fat, he's fat, I'll just, like, make my face kind of flat. Like, yeah. I don't understand, like, anything he's doing. Like, he's an impressionist that he's just doing his thing the entire movie, and he comes off looking like an Academy Award winner based on mm-hmm. Dane Cook's, like, everything in this movie. Mm-hmm. I will say Dane Cook did have my favorite line in the whole movie, though. Ooh, okay. <laughs> it's uh, when they've they got the daughter kidnapped. She's got a potato in her mouth out of nowhere. And they're like, like, what the fuck? Why'd you put a potato in her mouth? And he's like, I gave her grapes first, but she kept eating them. <laughs> and that line got me. <laughs> I, I, but I will also say, I saw you, I saw your Letterboxd review of this, of the one star review. I, I kind of love this movie. Like I mean, it's, it's terrible, but I, I had a great time watching it. I, aside from Dan Cook, I kind of, we'll, we'll talk about what's good about it too. Cause I, I, I think yeah. should, there's a lot that I actually did like and, 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 a lot of times where I was like, oh, there's a movie here that could have been made um, and, and it wouldn't have been, wouldn't have taken that, that much work. Um, my favorite, so I actually really like the, some of, like some of the interaction between the two uh, guys in the van, the two monks. The cyber monks, um, yeah. The cyber yeah. monks. Some of those are, are just like over the top, clearly improvised and just like don't work. Some of them I really found very, very funny. Um, some of them really, really did work for me. Uh, I my favorite line is how do you lose a whole ass girl? Um, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know why I found that funny, but I was like, that's actually a pretty good line in, in the middle of this this very poorly written movie. Um, yeah, like there definitely there's there's so many moments where I was like, well, if you'd gone this direction with this movie, then maybe you would have had something. But like Joey, in the intro, you referred to it, or one of the critics did as an action thriller and i'm like is that what the movie is because boy it really feels like a comedy most of the time does and then sometimes like a martial arts movie and then sometimes vaguely an action thriller but like i loved the comedy elements and i just wish they'd gone a lot more heavy on that because i have I really a very serious really... question does he ever say simon says in this movie no the, dane only cook dane does. cook says it yeah Okay. When Dane Cook first shows up when they're playing bocce, he's like, "Ooh, Simon says something," and then you're I like, oh, do... there, "There's I... one, there's one moment where he should have said Simon says." <laughs> there's because there, there, there's like a time where Rodman says he says something like, uh, "It's not over," or something like something like that, and it's like you could have just said like, "It's not over till Simon says," and or it si- would have been perfect. <laughs> Simon says, "Freeze." <laughs> well, like, yeah, like you know, Simon says, whole, "Drop like... the CD." <laughs> Like, Die Hard with a Vengeance, which came out four years before, this was the whole Simon Says thing, right? And, yeah. like, 
a movie called Simon Says, to me at least, maybe sort of implies that the villain again is Simon, and like he's like you know you have to leave like this like thriller that like there's a bomb somewhere or like to get the kidnapped daughter back if you want to keep the same plot like you know you have to do exactly as Simon says or you'll never see her again. But like to name your star Simon and then have that be like like the moniker for every agent in Interpol or like at least whoever the agent is that rides that yellow bike. It's like, what are, (laughs) and then to not lean into the punt, like you name it, Simon says with the S E Z, (laughs) like, it's like, Oh, we're cool. We're nineties. But then to never really use that. It's like, or to have like says S E Z be like a division of Interpol, like the security European, zone or whatever uh that he that he runs but yes it doesn't like they're like well the guy's name's simon and the only thing that anybody knows about simon is that game simon says so let's just misspell it and then we'll have a title for the movie and i feel like that's all the work they put into but like what came first that's the name of the movie the, the name of the character like at some point <laughs> i like, feel like they not... need, yeah that that movie is probably not called simon says when they're they film like it. like this is yeah. this is a movie this is a chicken and the egg where like it's not it's not either situation is plausible it's that neither situation is plausible it's like yeah, was it yeah, called yeah. simon says before they did stuff in the movie and no that doesn't make any sense but it also doesn't make sense to call the movie simon says after you make it so like what the fuck are you yeah. doing <laughs> um i do i mean matt you mentioned it i i do love i never thought i would see the day where dennis robin plays bocce like i think that is oh yeah like more mm-hmm. of that, like that. I was just like, wait, are we in good hands? And then Dane Cook shows up. And I was just like, oh no, because there, there's like a yeah. couple of this movie early on where I'm like, this could be an actually pretty okay. Like, also, if you make Dane Cook the villain and sort of remove Ooh. him a little bit and just like take yeah, him off and minimize, the villain could have been, could have been, could have been good. I think I could have really liked this movie instead of that like French guy who doesn't quite speak English and doesn't really have like motivation in the movie. Um, if you make yeah. Dean Cook like a campy villain, like doing exactly what he's doing, but he's like maliciously, you know, kidnapping this girl over and over again, like that works. But to have him like tag along as supposedly like a talented Interpol agent, but not like he's so bad at what he does. Yeah. I don't understand any of it. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of the villain motivations though yeah like when it's revealed why he's doing everything it's so <laughs> stupid that it's pretty incredible it's like despicable me it's like oh, yeah. what the fuck is this it's great too because even his like whole facility too it's like it, he's not even in a hidden place like <laughs> he could be stopped so easily he's just like at a public building basically and it's like very visible the like observatory of like yeah, yeah. The, the local college <laughs> observatory like, or something very easily find this giant laser weapon and just blow it up one of my favorite mo- moments in the movie is when the observatory blows up and then it switches to a very clear miniature that they're blowing up oh yeah and then there's these like bad playstation one cutscene effects yeah, of like effects fire in it, it in the background <laughs> Like, this is awesome. <laughs> they, they also oh, do the shot where Rodman's like running away from the building and you expect it to blow up in that same shot, but then it just cuts <laughs> to the miniature and he's not even there. 
<laughs> yeah, he like dives away. Like yeah, you know, he did, so yeah. He's, he's, oh my, oh god, it's so good. Um, this villain guy. So this is one of those things where I was like, what is the genre of this movie? Because the villain makes Doctor Evil look like Blofeld. Like the villain <laughs> is more of a like parody of a bond villain than dr evil is right to the point where like it makes dr evil look like he's playing it straight well i don't think by design right like just kind of by ineptitude it has to be by design like there's no way this like actor's just making a choice where he's like like the whole thing with the whole like weird animation on his computer when he's like blowing up the world or whatever like that's all by design that was written into the movie this is very clearly what it's supposed to be and there's a lot of times when i'm watching this movie where i'm like if this were a movie that were intended as a send-up of like this kind of movie you don't have to change very much of it to like make that where you got to get rid of dane cooks he ruins fucking everything but like you don't have to change a lot to make this parody and and it would work really really well as parody and like it would be a really kind of fun and and goofy and entertaining you know sort of send up of the kind of like euro trashed low budget 90s action movie and and you know part of me sometimes like watches some of it as though that's what it is <laughs> and i enjoy it a lot more if i'm pretending that was intentional <laughs> you know what i mean well that's like you know the other mo- the movie i mentioned before that dean cook is in torque like that uh joseph khan made he's a parody of the fast and furious but like it knows what it's doing and right. i love the first time and i didn't love it as much the second time just because like it's like i think part of the first time i loved it i was just like this is so weird and like on the nose and like it just it nails it and then the second time like sort of that magic had worn off but like it knows what it's doing this is i think to your point from earlier trying to be like a serious straightforward movie but also trying to be campy and like the genre whether it's a comedy or a techno thriller or whatever like none of it really like it, it seems in a way like a movie that wants to showcase every single one of its actors and characters except for dennis rodman where it seems like the entire reason this movie was funded was like hey let's make dennis rodman a thing and then somehow like large chunk of this movie he's not in or like he has nothing to do and like other people are there to shine but they can't really quite shine like it's just a very strange series of decisions all the way down that like I think if you turn the dial slightly in like any number of different directions, this becomes a very fun, enjoyable, wild, weird movie that like would be recommendable, especially, you know, after you take Dane Cook out of it. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Although that being said, I may like, I'd probably tell someone to watch this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Even as is. Well, I think (laughs) like, look, you're going to, you're going to get the most annoying Dane Cook performance of all time. But like in some ways it's, like I feel like it to me in some ways it does make the movie better because it's just like you can't believe how fucking annoying he is in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a it's like a hard feat to achieve of being that that fucking annoying. Yeah, and again, it's not even just annoying. It's like it's like anger inducing annoying. Like it's it is it, <laughs> yeah. it makes me angry how like how annoying he is. I I, I want to literally fucking rip his head off as as i'm watching this movie which itself is something to see it is something to behold i've never i've i've never been as like physically angry at a performance in a movie (laughs) ever as i am as i am with this one and um and there are some there are some not not great performances here but all right let's 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 talk about rodman because um 
I will say a number of things. I think when the movie started, like he's not great in double team. Um, of course, he's overshadowed by uh, JCBD in that movie. But, uh, you know, he's, he's not he's not fantastic in that. Um, when the movie started and he's doing the lines with his with his techno monks, um, I was like, "Ooh, boy, these line readings are bad. And then he kind of shows up on screen and I'm like, everything about the performance is very sort of natural and he's a very good physical and- performer. He is. And he really like he seemed to be having like he's not phoning this in like he's having a really good time making this movie. And I think that is what makes it ultimately watchable. Like it's it's not just a train wreck. There is something here. And my only like he he wants to do it like he wants to become. Yeah. Maybe not a movie star, but he wants to be like an actor. Right. And like he knows, I think, the way he looks and the way that he is and just like the fact that he's like six, eight and like incredibly thin and just like everything about like he's never gonna be like a true leading man but like he knows that he could fit a niche and like he's going for it and i think he's he's doing a good job he has a great presence he does a lot of his own stunts he's he's good at the fight choreography um and yeah he really like seemed to be enjoying himself and that goes a real long way in this and um i was i was very much charmed and i and i sort of had that moment where i was like well if people had invested the time and energy and there's reasons because of things that were going on at the time that they didn't. But like if people had invested the time and energy into making Rodman a star, they could have done it. I mean, certainly much more than Shaquille O'Neal, right. Who like as much as they tried, like Shaquille O'Neal just does not have, you know, (laughs) what it takes. uh, We'll say that to to the general baby where his best friend, a a movie star. I mean, I love Shaquille O'Neal, but like (laughs) that's the general is uh, ads are the extent of his uh, ability to capture um, a, uh, a a screen. But uh, Matt, you know, the guy. So um, (laughs) yeah, he's a good good friend. Tell tell us what you think of, uh, of, of him in this movie. And also the idea of like, the reality where Dennis Rodman was a was a movie star that we never got to live. I mean, I, I would have loved to have seen that reality. I kind of agree with what you're saying. Like pre like the opening ten or whatever minutes where it's like you don't see his face. It's definitely not great. Uh but then as soon as you see him doing basically those same kind of line readings, but you just can see his face, it's like mm-hmm. immediately becomes mm-hmm. a lot better. Uh, so yeah, like once he reveals himself, like I, I enjoyed Dennis Rodman quite a bit in this movie. Um, I thought his, his stuff with like the main woman, which I don't remember her name, but I thought they're like, they had pretty solid chemistry and it's like, you know, exactly what's going to happen with this whole storyline. And it's very mm-hmm. cheesy and stupid, but it works and it's, it's fine. Uh, and I feel like, yeah, his like, I will say too, for what I would say too, is mostly a comedy. Like there is so much action in this movie and his, his stuff's pretty good. Um, the bit of like him just tripping a bunch of people with like banana peel esque level antics, I thought was pretty awesome. Uh, and he's mm-hmm. like, he like puts water on the floor and people slip that whole sequence. I kind of loved mm-hmm. him like sliding down that building while also firing a gun up on like a column. <laughs> was pretty amazing i don't know if it's him or a, a stunt double because like it's it's far enough away that it could be either it's probably stunt double but like he might have been the one who like does some like parkour toward the end like and then that final big like escape or whatever that big scene and like it yeah. looks good like it's just like oh shit like that, oh, yeah. that that actually that could be him like he's he's long and lean and athletic enough because i think that's like the benefit of like you know he's 
his whole thing in, in, in the NBA was defense and rebounding, right? Like, it's not like he's like, you know, this like precision shooter or whatever, like he's physical on the court. And so I think there's a certain benefit to casting him where just like you can trust him to do things because like he knows he's got yeah. better control of his body than probably anybody else in this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's definitely whether that was a stunt double or not. It's uh, <laughs> the, the only uh, very noticeably bad stunt double was the monk hanging off the uh the bridge towards the end i love that the guy who is a third the size of john panette yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's pretty incredible (laughs) they like don't even give him like a fat suit or anything it's just like no it's just like some tiny skinny guy now they're like this is a far enough shot no one's gonna notice (laughs) i was so confused why they i I know that they're the cyber monks but like it was so confusing why they were in bunk outfits the entire movie uh, I mean, it was definitely it was weird, for sure. It was like the, it was like Spirit Halloween level monk outfits too. It was like well, weren't the they like stationed at the basement of a church or something? Like, wasn't that basically like that's how they why they did the? But are they God there thing? because that's where they're supposed to be, or are they dressed like monks because that's where they? You know, it's like one of those kind of things is like yeah. again another chicken or egg, or just like I don't yeah, know. I don't know either. Uh, There's quicksand in pre- this movie prequel. There, there is, is quicksand in this movie. You got to get quicksand in an action movie. <laughs> With also no explanation of how the uh, the monks get out of that too. Rodman's just yeah. like gets the gets gets Dan Cook out and then just walks away. I think we're to believe that they were rescued by God. Yeah, it, it makes about as much sense as any of the rest of the movie. So I the two it. screenwriters of this are um like d-list actors as well and so i kind of think they were like well what does a movie have oh quicksand right like <laughs> and then like oh we gotta get we gotta show them getting married at the end because otherwise people are gonna wonder if they got married and it's like i really actually wasn't wondering that and it's very weird that they got married at the end well, of this movie but so that's fine so the marriage thing is very in line with like every elvis presley movie um where oh, we, yeah. Mike and i've been slowly watching those where it's basically like <laughs> It's a will they, won't they with Elvis and one or two women. And then almost, like about half the movies ends with a wedding because it's like, well, they're in love and it needs to end somehow. So let's yeah. just sort of wrap up the story and flash forward to a church and they're walking out in their marriage. It's like, okay, oh, sure. And like, it kind of makes sense because it's just like, it's a chance to like play another Elvis song over the closing credits or whatever. So like right. here, it almost feels like, well, there's a love story in this movie. We don't know how to ended otherwise yeah mm, wedding like i can see i can see the, the the train of thought it doesn't really make sense but i can see why they would think this is a way to end the movie <laughs> you get to see you get to see yeah random kidnapped girl quote-unquote kidnapped girl and the useless dude happily together and uh rodman and uh, his girl happily together <laughs> <laughs> what what other scene to do that than a wedding? I um the the naming of the villain as Ashton also was interesting to me because I'm like, do they just take Ashton Kutcher's name? Like, is, is that just like the most <laughs> exotic name they could think of in like the late '90s? Because yeah, it might be. Um, it's an awfully weird name for like a French supervillain. It's not very. It's not a very menacing name that's for sure you know like, the other thing is like three of the main characters of this movie are dead now which is which is pretty which is pretty grim so um, yeah, so the is john panette die 
John Panette died. Ricky Harris so both, died. Both and, monks are and, dead. And Philippe oh, right. uh, Nikolic, who played who played Michael, uh, also died of a heart attack at the age of thirty five. <sighs> um, so yeah, yeah. And I thought he was actually really great. I liked him a lot. I his his uh, his martial arts skills were pretty impressive. I like I what I kind of loved about him was the like he kind of gets his moment towards the end, but like all of his stuff in the beginning, it's like he's like. I'm gonna put up a good fight and then he just gets his ass completely handed to him or like rodman just like picks him up like he's a baby and uh mm-hmm. the uh the shopping cart sequence i thought was pretty pretty amazing oh my god the shopping cart sequence is incredible yeah yeah <laughs> there's a lot of like really like a lot of fun weird little action moments like the part in the beginning when 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 simon like hits that guy with like a chair and a briefcase he's oh, yeah. like takes a chair and like flings a briefcase at a guy that like virtually kills him um but it's a very very cool little stunt i also love that all of the like bad guys show up in like midair in this movie whenever there's a fight that's starting the person is like literally flying through the air towards whoever they're about to fight and uh i have no idea why but i guess it looks cool i mean it, it definitely looks cool i can tell you that I think the best fight is also the most the most the most problematic, which is the the fight slash date between um, Simon and uh, yeah, what's her name there? The model. Uh, what's the character's name? The model. Does she have a name? She has no name in the movie, does she? She's got. She's have not a name. named. She doesn't. She's listed as I the dancer. Don't... They don't even give her a fucking name. <laughs> she. Oh yeah, she just is the dancer. That's right. I mean. Look, Jeremy Strong is going to win an Emmy for the, the fourth season of Succession as Kendall, but he played the rules in Serenity. So, like, you don't need a name to deliver a memorable true. performance. Fair enough. Fair enough. I love Fair Succession, enough. but I might love Serenity more. Okay. That's fair. When we get yeah. to 2017 or whatever the podcast, that's the first pick. <laughs> I th- I will say that that fight slash sex scene does have the greatest ending ever though when it just cuts to the monks. <laughs> it's it is, that like, actually is very like, funny. Te- they like it is very sex, funny, and then it just cuts to them watching something. I do think that in a movie like this, when you're not sure where to go to next, like you just go to the monks. Like whatever it's they're true, doing, yeah. if they're playing <laughs> poker or watching something or whatever, just like what are these two jokers up to? And hey, sometimes it's funny, and sometimes it's not. Yeah. Um, and then immediately there's that scene. He's like, let's go check on the girl. She's been in the bathroom for two hours. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Not only that, but then she's escaped immediately after he walks in two hours later. It's taken her yeah. a long time to call that boyfriend and get out of there. But that transition from like the weird techno, like the weird fight to weird technos, and that poor guy who she was on the date with, what even happened to him? He just kept getting knocked over by uh, by Simon, which was actually quite funny. If if it were a comedy, uh, the fight and then techno sex scene and then the cutaway, I'm like, so a competent filmmaker would have made this really great. Like this has been a great moment in a good movie. It's just one of those moments where you're like, oh yeah, that. It, it, because this is so poorly done, uh, it's just sort of a weird transition that's kind of funny, but it has these kind of sparks of genius that 
if you could stitch them together, uh, you might be able to pull something out of this. But well, I think like that's the thing. Like I picked this movie number one because it's just, it's just weird to have these two guys as the lead of a movie that like we had never heard. Of. You know what I mean? Like like Dennis Rodman was only really ever in two movies. And if you had asked me like yeah. a year ago, I would have just said he was in one movie, right? And like it just didn't work out. But like to have yeah. him come back a couple years later and do this again, I think is interesting enough on its own. But like we the the movie that I was sort of hoping for is kind of the movie that we get for about half of it. Like, yeah, I think it's agreed. like, I, I never thought that this was going to be like good. Cause I think if it was good. We'd be like, yeah. Hey, remember that like actually really good Dennis Rodman movie? Like w- whatever happened to that? But like, I was hoping it would be kind of like dumb and campy and like weird action. And like, we get that. Yeah. It's just the Dane cook of it all. And I feel like, I feel like I, I want I I know that's a hard thing to ask, but like I wish it like people were like a little bit better at making movies when they when they made this movie, because um, it would have been like if they were a little bit more competent, I think it would have been a lot better. But just not exactly knowing how like story flows or how to move between things or like not keeping a, a Dean Cook in check or any number yeah. of things, right? Like, yeah. I, I'll agree with you there, but I'll also say of this level of bad nineteen ninety nine movie for me is better than your average 2023 movie in every way. <laughs> like I, I, I had so much more fun with this, uh, with this movie, uh, than a lot of the movies that I've seen this year. That's fair. Well, I, I will also say, John, in case you didn't, uh, pick up on just based on just that sentence alone, Matt has like the weirdest movie tape, not weirdest, but like, yeah, uh very distinct like we'll give five stars or a half star to very many things that like i have maybe given the opposite to <laughs> you know what i mean so it's true which is which is why like I, you know what i appreciate about it and why i'm glad that he's here to talk about this movie but like it's also you know I'm, would I'm i put just, like, this movie above say avatar 2 yes <laughs> absolutely in every well, i know you gave way. half star to the new indiana jo- so you'd rather watch this movie again than indiana jones the dial of destiny oh for I already only saw about two thirds of Dial of Destiny because I fell asleep, and I did not fall asleep at uh, Simon Says despite watching it at like two thirty a.m. Well, Simon Says is half as long, but sure, it's true. It's, it is it is a very brisk eighty five minutes. It is. I watched it on um, on Sling for free with ads, so it was actually an hour and forty minutes for me. Oh but, boy, that uh, makes it almost unbearable. <laughs> well, no, I gave me some breaks. To like True. collect myself and and you know wash wash Dane Cook, Slide yourself um, back up. Here away. we go. I guess my thing is like I I wish it picked something to lean into, and it never does that. And to me, like that's what makes it just not quite a bad enough of a campy bad watch, which I think is kind of what you were saying, Joey. But like I really again, this movie even with maybe a good editor could have made a great sort sure. of send up right of of genre movies of the time and it really does feel like it's trying to do that sometimes and then it's like but that's they think of it as comic relief to their like serious you know interpol drama espionage movie but it's not it is most of the movie and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't it really does also feel like this is the movie that like walked so that triple x could walk a little little faster um i i i love triple x as you know but triple x i think is like does everything right that this movie does wrong and it's like they're basically the same movie like the gist of it is the same thing right like 
there's a ton of similarities. It's an, it's an extreme secret agent, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and like it's a bunch of like European espionage, you know, there's not much of a real plot to it. It's just and it's and it's all very like, you know, expository of the star and all that sort of thing. And the thing about Triple X is that I, I like this movie, I don't think believed in the character of Simon enough or in the ability of Rodman enough. And and the thing about Triple X is that like everything like lives or dies by Vin Diesel. And it works because he works and because they center him. And I I feel like I don't know if anybody involved with Triple X saw this movie, but I kind of feel like they did because it feels like they learned a lot of lessons from what went wrong here. And even like the the font on the poster is very similar to to triple x it's got a lot of the same sort of um sort of vibes to it but as a sort of like if you want to look at what would happen if triple x hadn't been good i think this is a really um interesting film to watch kind of from that perspective i would i would like to see i would like to see a world where rodman instead of vin diesel became uh that kind of action star. Yeah, I you, it, it, like it would be possible with uh, with Dennis Rodman. It could have been a pretty excellent but, movie. I mean, you you know that like I don't know if it was because of this film or just because the NBA like you know or maybe like mental whatever who knows. But like if he was still acting five years later, he would have been in Too Fast Too Furious. Like there's no way sure. that he oh, wouldn't yeah. have been. Like he would have crossed For over sure. at some point. Maybe not as like a main character but like he would have been like at a race somewhere like with a posse sure, like yeah. he would have been like that's exactly in in his dna and he is the fast and furious's dna like that's ex- that's, a, that's a beautiful crossover that i you know wish it, it, it could still happen well the the sexual assault and rape <laughs> allegations started coming out around that time and the substance abuse stuff started happening around that time and that's why right i mean like he's not a movie star because of his own actions and like that's right. that's that's a bummer yeah. but that's what it comes down to um and people i think would have invested in him because i think he shows enough especially in this movie to say oh no he can act well enough to like pull this off we certainly have had big action stars who are worse actors than he is like arnold schwarzenegger right like he's definitely a better actor than arnold Wait, schwarzenegger is hold on what what you... <laughs> i said say it again? dennis rodman is a better actor than arnold schwarzenegger is so matt as the only one i, I watched movie... a couple i watched a couple episodes of foobar the other day and i watched simon says yesterday and i, I can agree with that statement yeah <laughs> like schwarzenegger is great because he's in movies directed by people that are amazing like you put dennis rodman in a james cameron movie and he's going to deliver yeah. an incredible performance so yeah. how much would you have liked yeah. avatar 2 if dennis rodman were in it uh if it was him and he was not a navi if, and it was just actually spider, no he played spider and that would have been a five out of five movie <laughs> there you go yeah can i can i just can i just defend my position on schwarzenegger really quick i i Schwarzenegger is an incredible movie star and he has found directors like Cameron who have figured out how to use him incredibly effectively. And I think he's very charming and I think he's great, but he has no range as an actor. And, you know, it just is like, I I could see the ceiling for Rodman being much higher than the ceiling for Schwarzenegger. It is not a dig at Schwarzenegger, but like, it is just one of those things where like people have become very effective movie stars with like much less kind of natural 
acting talent or sort of performance talent than people like Dennis Rodman. That's my that's my argument. Okay, it's not anti Schwartzman. <laughs> uh, so I, I have a question for you. It's, a, it's sort of a, a, a two part setup. So as the only person here of the three of us who I think maybe loves this movie, and also the only one of us who has like directed multiple films. What would you have yes. changed? What would you have done differently to shape this, to reshape this, to like make this more widely acceptable or better or just more profitable or something that like people actually would have heard? Because I, I almost guarantee you that like the amount we're talking about this movie today is more than almost anyone has talked about this movie since it came out. Oh, I'm sure. Um, I I feel like kind of like what we've been saying, like you just take Dane Cook out of the movie and it's a pretty like infinitely better movie. I think if Robert Downey Jr. had been in this movie, it may have been actually something that people would have seen. And uh, like it, it might have like elevated its status. To, like you keep everything else as stupid as it was. And then you have Robert Downey doing still stupid, but like some competent acting. Mm-hmm. in there and i think this would be a uh, much more kind of like cult classic uh like just fun to watch and not like not have that extremely annoying factor to it i think that alone you could do um and then i think i think also just lean into just like this is not an action movie this is just a straight up comedy with action but like don't even try ever to make it seem like the action is serious because it's not, but you just, just play the action for even more comedy. I would say like it's, it was funny enough as is, but I think if they even went further with that, cause like some of the stuff they're doing is so stupid and it's like, just, just embrace how stupid it is and it would be even better. <laughs> so like, say, say you were tasked, cause I would imagine to a certain extent especially probably because he's a first time director that like producers, whoever they might've been on this film were like, Dane cook is blowing up. We need to showcase him in this movie. So like, instead of just being able to like to remove him, how would you like, if, if, if the people who are funding your movie were like, we need like, this guy needs to be not the star, but like he needs to be in a lot of the movie. Like, do you make him the villain? Like, what do you do? Like, how do you, cause it does feel like, especially at this time, they're like, this guy is going to sell tickets. Well, I feel like, some of the, I feel like some of the annoyance of Dane Cook in this movie is the editor's fault or whoever was telling the editor what to do because like some like even when he's doing the dinosaur thing it's like just cut this down like have this for cut like that. one second and then cut but there's yeah. also a lot you could do where like they already had this the bit where like Dennis Rodman just treats him like a clown but just up that to where like anytime Dane Cook is being annoying you just get Dennis Rodman to like put him in his place and then it's like we're annoyed at him, but everyone else is equally as annoyed. So it's like a lot funnier to us. I, this, this had to have been funnier in 1999, right? Like this had to have been like people probably. Mm, maybe well, probably. I mean, it didn't, as you were saying, it did not make very much money. So maybe, maybe not. I think, I mean, to some audiences like to, who, who are into that terrible like jim brewer you know like well this movie does seem like it's made for 12 year old boys and like okay for them to watch like there's no nudity there's like sexy like weird like but it's like pg-13 sex scenes um there's violence but it's not like overly gratuitous like it does feel like the kind of movie that like a parent not that they would not that they did because the box office but like could drop their kid off and his friends and be like 
go go you can watch this like i i know that you love you keep talking about the worm go watch the worm and your boy <laughs> dane cook like it does feel like a movie that like it it, I don't think it should have caught on, but like I could definitely see a world where like with no changes to this movie, this was a very popular movie. Um, and just because like it was such a product at the time in a way that like I find fascinating and would rather talk about this kind of thing for the show than something like Midsummer Night's Dream or The Messenger or just like this doesn't feel like 1999 to me at all other than the cast. But again, yeah. the cast here like feels very nice. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I'm like I'm, oh, yeah. I guess I can't really have my cake and eat it too, or whatever. I mean, I feel like another change you could have done to this movie, like with it not making any money anyway, it's like just go full out, make this a hard R, <laughs> and then it should like have the action just be equally ridiculous but bloody too. And I think that sure. would have made it a lot more fun. Yeah, I think so. And I, I and Joey like what you're saying there, you know, it reminds me kind of like of bats, right. Where it feels like the 1999 ness of it, aside from the fact of like Rodman as a, as an icon of, of sort of that micro period is that it feels like along with bats, the end of a certain kind of nineties genre that, that like, this is one of the nails in the coffin of that, of that particular genre. Um, and like the fact that it failed so miserably when, if you basically have this movie, but, but it's John, Jean-Claude Van Damme started starring in it, right? Like it would have made a lot more money just on the merit of that a few years earlier, right? Like it's, it's, it's sort of in that, um, in that type uh but yeah so i mean i, I do I, I think it is very interesting sort of a what if kind of movie where like you can kind of see where if this had worked out and been successful and rodman had not um you know fallen into a lot of personal trouble you know you can see a different kind of um trajectory there which i think is I think kind of worth watching this movie just for that reason. I am glad this movie exists and I'm glad that we watched it and talked about it here. Like, I don't know that we should have done it like 30th or whatever we did. Like it's very early in the run of the show, (laughs) but but, like, I'm glad that, you know, it's there because I do think that it is like you're saying a big, what if, and like a microcosm of the time. And I think it's reflective of a lot of different things going on. And like, this is the kind of movie that like, if anything were like this made this like this today not only would it not go to theaters it wouldn't even go to netflix it would go to like rite aid dvds for like a dollar right like it Mm -hmm. would it would be it would never find this way to any kind of actual distribution the fact that this was released and was in theaters two for two weeks in like hundreds of theaters is like so wild like as like you know a movie like asteroid city which i was just talking about with my two fast co-host joe today like that was in theaters for three weeks. They pulled it. Like it's, it's Wes Anderson's most successful domestic box office weekend for any of his movies made $9 million, which is not that much money. Uh, but it was a better weekend than any of his movies have ever had. And three mm-hmm. weeks later it's on VOD and it's like basically gone from theaters. It's just like, what is happening? It's like, mm-hmm. it's so radically different and we're not that far away. And I know it's kind of the point of the podcast or whatever, but like, man, like to think about like this movie being in theaters for like, almost as long as asteroid city it's like what the fuck is this point like what are we doing here yeah it is I, uh that that being said i have not seen asteroid city but i feel like i would enjoy this movie more than asteroid i think city. you i think you would but, too 
but th- there's also though speaking of like direct to video type stuff though i feel like like this does have a in some ways like a very d- direct to video feel but it's like i feel like the actual direct to video version of this movie would have been a lot more generic to to where like this one was so weirdly stupid that i I kind of love that about it, that it made it stand out a bit to where like you could have a very similar version of this movie that like you just would watch it and you would immediately forget everything about it. Whereas this one, even if you hated it, it's like there, there's like a lot of memorable moments about it. Yeah. I, I, I don't think like Joey, there's, there's, there's definitely worse 99 movies that we have not covered and oh, like sure. probably never will. Right. And, and, and unless I pick yes. Yeah. It's bad, <laughs> but it's 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 surprisingly worth talking about. And um, again, I think we also are probably the first ever podcast to talk about it, uh, or like probably humans to talk about it in a couple uh, of decades. The Wikipedia so, doesn't even have a like description of the movie. <laughs> it doesn't even have like it, a summary. It says it was unpopular with with critics. That's like the most. Uh, yeah, description you get um, uh, about this movie. Like, I, I do, I do think. I, th- I think just one more thought on this, and I think it's both about our guest and the kind of movie, and like another movie that I picked accidentally. Like, it wasn't for this season, but like Matt and Austin Will Southern, past guest Austin, have very similar tastes. Like, they're both, they're both very passionate about movies that we will say many other people do not necessarily see merit in, which I think is a wonderful mm-hmm. quality to have. Um, I also think that like Bats, this is a movie that like is so like Bats is like, do you know Bats, Matt? No, I don't, I don't think I've seen it. It's basically oh, an X-Files episode I about killer bats. bats, but it's a movie and it kind of rules. <laughs> it was on, it's on Amazon Prime or it was on Amazon Prime. <laughs> okay, when we watched it a couple months it ago. Um, yeah. I think you would like it because it's, it's just like a low budget, like with both practical effects and like weird CGI like that. Like it, it, it's way better than I think it should be. But like, it's the kind of thing where just like, it's so of its time in a way that like mm-hmm. could not be made before or after. And I just love finding like, you know, I don't need to see a Midsummer Night's Dream to know that I'm not going to really love it, but I'm glad that these movies, not that I love this movie. I, I did love bats, but like, I'm just glad like there, there's <laughs> weird stuff that I'm just like, I'm going to keep, you can keep scraping oh, for, yeah. you know, Shakespeare and your British shit all you want, but I'm going to come up with some straight to DVD or not schlock that who oh boy get ready <laughs> um matt let's talk about your uh your 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 own work yeah so i have a movie uh that i'm in the process of making right now it's called wake not the dead that's a vampire movie it's also uh, sort of judging from my movie taste on this too you might know a little bit what it's like but it's pretty very fucking weird and very just kind of like insane i i think I mean, I made it so I'm a bit biased, but I think it is actually good. So it's it's like I'm definitely not trying to make like a movie that's just so shitty that it's entertaining. I think it's it's actually a very fun movie. But yeah, it's very just like pretty wacky, wild characters going insane, and uh, should be a very pretty short movie too, like ninety ninety minutes or less. It's the right length. It is the and right length. It's especially for an indie movie. It's like. You don't want to go too much longer than that, or you're going to lose people. But yeah, it's. Uh, I guess if anyone wants to check out anything, we have a teaser for it right now, and uh, wakenotthedead.com will take you to that teaser, which it's a teaser that basically shows nothing, but it kind of gets the vibe of the movie down. Okay. okay. So I think it's kind of fun in that way. If you want, are your other two movies 
available like i know that i think one was on maybe prime or something are, are they out there do you have to write they them are. or where do, where do those exist yeah they're uh on like Tubi. they're both available i think oh, cool. one or two of them is still on prime or like some other like if you go to amazon and search either of them one's called rewind but it's spelled w r or r w d and tonight mm-hmm. she comes is the other one and yeah they're definitely both on Tubi. i think they're both on amazon for free probably and then any sort of rental service they're available there because i don't know i don't know Art. if you saw john or i don't know if i mentioned before started recording or not but matt joined us when we were when mike and i were doing cinemakers in between longer seasons about directors we would do like one-offs of like a director would made two movies and so we talked about matt's two movies and talked with him on there so if you want to like if you watch those movies and you just want to hear me and mike talk about you know his two movies and you know hear an interview with matt i will also mm-hmm. say i've not seen i saw tonight she comes twice um it is uh one of the most disgusting movies i've ever seen um kind of said <laughs> said complimentary um but yeah Hell like yeah. just n- n- know know what you're getting into like if you're not sure i would say don't watch this with your daughters john uh not that you would um okay. but it yep. it's gross it's real gross but like in a cool way but also like in a gross way so just you know uh know what you're getting into it's like sort of a comedy in that it's not i wouldn't call it a horror comedy because it's not like over the top like trauma level ridiculous or anything but it is definitely meant to be funny at times but with fairly realistic looking gore and of a lot of nudity so yeah it's definitely definitely not a family friendly movie um got it it's uh it's it's listed on amazon as comedy horror frightening serious uh gets three and a half stars <laughs> on amazon and it is it is free to watch uh with ads on nice. amazon i will also on letterbox this is still one of my favorite things that like almost every one of the 10 different ratings you could give it had like an even split like people were just like they could not make up their mind about what this is like yeah. an equal number of people loved it and hated it and thought it was just okay which i think is a real testament to like specific kind of movie i do i feel like i i strive to make that kind of movie <laughs> <laughs> like ev- everyone is not going to love this but they're not all going to hate it they're they're gonna have a whole lot of different opinions about it <laughs> uh rwd is available for rent on amazon for 3.99 or purchase for 9.99 on amazon um three stars nice. science then- fiction suspense horror arts entertainment and culture are its four genres <laughs> which is an interesting arts entertainment and culture i have no idea why it says that but would you agree that it is science fiction suspense and horror same time uh yeah it's it's definitely got some sci-fi to it it's like a time travel movie that one's a found footage so it's it's a bit lower budget that i I would say if you like found footage and you really for rewind it what it comes down to of people like the movie or not is whether you like me and the other main actor that's in the movie Okay. Being well, like pretty it. annoying and kind of douchey. So it 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 really okay. falls down on most of the reviews that I've seen of like we fucking hate these guys or like these guys are entertaining. So yeah, yeah, that yeah. that on that one that tends to be like the breaking point whether you like it or hate it. Well, I like you and and so well, you being you. annoying and douchey would be different than being <laughs> cooked who I hate and Just, him being annoying and douchey. Yeah. There's certainly no, yeah, we're, we're not doing any dinosaur impressions or uh, fumbling a gun around for like 15 minutes. Oh, God, that, that part. Oh, I forgot about that part. Uh, Matt, what is your favorite movie, aside from Simon Says, of the year 1999? Uh, Eyes Wide Shut. Ooh, good choice. 
See, he sometimes likes good movies too. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's my my movie opinions are all are all over the place for sure. <laughs> but yeah, Eyes Wide Shut, I, I love. I think so. It's my favorite Kubrick movie overall. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I th- feel like that's that's one that most people can agree is a, a good movie. Now they can. There was there was a lot of argument about it for a long time. I think people have all sort of come around to the correct opinion on Eyes Wide Shut at this point. But it was one of our first oh, movies that we covered, and we all we all loved it. So, um, good choice. I RWD is a found footage movie. Um, are you a how how do you feel about Blair Witch Project? Um, I like so I like Blair Witch Project a lot. I don't think it's really anywhere close to my favorite found footage movies, but mm-hmm. I feel like the boringness of Blair Witch is like a necessary part of it to make it work to be the sort of phenomenon that it was. So I kind of mm-hmm. feel like if it was more entertaining, it wouldn't have worked as a movie. So it's like mm-hmm. kind of a weird one like that, where it's like it's boring enough for like some people to believe that it was real. Uh, and like that's kind of yeah. like the genius of that movie. Yeah, makes sense. But yeah, if if we're going by found footage movies, something like Wreck, that that's my favorite all time found footage movie. So love something like that. What is your favorite movie of all time? Favorite movie of all time? Uh, that's a tough one. I it yep. goes back and forth between certain things, but Shaun of the Dead. I would say is one that hits the rotation of favorite movie of all time. I think it's a perfect movie. Uh, it might be like between that and like any number of Tarantino movies that mm-hmm. I find many of those to be pretty perfect too. But yeah, I feel like if you're just like, you got to watch one movie that's your favorite movie right now, I'd probably say Shaun yep. of the Dead. That's a good way to to put it. We've 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 articulated that question so many different ways to 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 guess before. Um, yeah, but I think the one where it's like you are not not we should we just say like Joe just say like if if Desert you have Island to movie? watch a movie forever. Well, yeah, like not even Desert Island movie, but like there's only one movie. <laughs> well, yeah, like mine would be Everybody Wants Some. Like Everybody Wants Some is not my favorite movie, but that's a movie that that's that right. could be the only movie that I watch, like, even though I think that's a movie that Matt hates also. Yeah. No, I actually have it's never like, seen uh, Everybody no. Wants Some. I've, I've heard good things about it, though, so I, I want to watch it. So you don't hate it yet. Yeah, uh, I don't hate it as of now. OK Computer is not my favorite album ever either, but like I would pick it as the one album if I could only listen to one forever for the rest of my life. Ooh. That would be it. Um, Ooh, that might be mine or it might be in Rainbows. It would probably be something yeah. by Radiohead, though. Well, it's all the same, the same album. They're part of the same. Mine would be uh, one that probably most people have not heard of, but Carpenter Brute Trilogy. (laughs) 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 It's good. You've probably heard some of the music because some of his stuff's been in some movies. Oh, cool. But yeah, it's it's like a French like synthwave dude that's got some some great some great stuff it's very like 80s horror inspired so it's it's pretty fun oh i like that cool awesome um all right we're gonna wrap it up joey any final thoughts before we sign off today no i'm glad that we watched it um i wish it was like free on youtube like you can rent it in places like, you can watch you know you can watch it in some places with ads but i kind of wish it was just like that someone had just like filmed their tv and put that on youtube and like you can watch it that way because it feels like kind of the way that you feels like the proper it. way yeah <laughs> i would say if anybody out there wants to do a fan edit where dane cook is not in the movie 
<laughs> let me know and I would probably give it like four stars. Okay. It Fair honestly enough. probably wouldn't even be that hard to do. Because no. <laughs> there's so many scenes where Dane Cook and like Rodman are not even there together. So wouldn't even be that hard of an edit. Because he's not really integral to the plot. I don't know. Anyway, we have, but if you wanna if you wanna he's cut, really not. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, maybe Matt, if you make a tier on your Indiegogo, uh you'll do a fan edit of this movie without Dane Look, Cook. If, I will I will if someone gives tier. me the money we need to finish making Wake Not the Dead, I will personally cut them a fan edit of Simon oh, yeah. Says. Here's my idea. Replace Dane Cook with Jabba the Hutt. Better yeah. Movie. I mean, you could do it. It's, it's doable. <laughs> you know, we're probably not that far away, maybe two years from like an AI program being like, hey, here's a video file, remove Dane Cook from it. And like, it would just do it. <laughs> just replace him with uh, Robert Downey Jr. and see this movie as it should have been. Oh my God. Do a deep fake replace with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Jesus Christ. What you should really do is replace him with Jim Brewer and see if anybody fucking notices because they wouldn't because <laughs> they're the same person at that point in, in the 90s. And they both fucking suck now. So there you go. Terrible people. Fuck them both. Uh, yeah. The people in this movie are mostly bad people or dead. <laughs> so, <laughs> except for Natalia Kikliuti. So good for you, Natalia. You you are the you are the true hero and stand out here. Um okay, Joey, you have to ask me about next week. John so I, gotta, I gotta do the thing. What are we covering next week? Or what do you wanna what's the question you ask? How what, <laughs> what do you want to say about next week's episode? Next movie, next movie, next question mark? Uh what I will say to you, Joey, is that everybody listening should K-I-T. Keep it together. And look look out, out for frogs. frogs. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Hell yeah. Thank you. Dennis Rodman. <laughs>